Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Protowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I will be talking with Michael Govier of FTN Fantasy, FTN Sport, the FTN Network, and the Palazzo Podcast coming up right here on Rotowire Fantasy Sports Today's podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Podcast, brought to you by Rival Fantasy Sports, uh, and of course the Blue Wire Network. Jeff Erickson here with Michael Govier of FTN Fantasy, FTN Network, you name it, and the Palazzo Podcast. Michael, so good to talk to you. How are you, my friend? Jeff, great to see you. We were just reminiscing about seeing each other in Vegas, where my wife miraculously found your Yeti Cup in the yeah. sea of drunk, gambling people. At the Mirage. What a good time that was. It was crazy. I was coming back from golfing and went to go play, stopped by the sports book on the way to place a couple of bets. It was at a turn, like a computer terminal. I, and for those of you watching, you see me typing. Um, and I just <laughs> sat down my Yeti cup, had water in it, just water. And I left it right there. Went to dinner after that. Uh, security picked it up. Later, I came down to look for it. I was like, oh, it's gone. It's definitely gone. Ran into you and your, your lovely life, Luann, and uh, a crowd of other in fbc ears and i was like oh, i just lost I, I lamented and she goes stay right there i'll find <laughs> it and and sure enough three minutes there hey come on with me we got it we had to took me to this little security closet like around the corner past the bar past the restaurant and it was what room are you staying in do you have your id it's like don't have my id here's my phone it's like go ahead okay it's fine describe the cup it's purple <laughs> okay yes it's yours um it was amazing it, it was you know Needle in a haystack. And if we'd waited like five minutes later, probably they move it to some bigger lost and found, which is no <laughs> chance whatsoever. So it was awesome. It, it, in addition to having a lovely conversation with her, she took charge and found my Yeti cup too. So I was very happy. The bigger lost and found. There's So you start with the small and then there's a bigger room and then there's like a warehouse after that. <laughs> yeah. It's like the end of uh, like the original Indiana Jones movie. We'll just put yes! it, keep it with our top people. Which people? <laughs> top people. Yeah, top so men. Yeah, top men. That's right. Yes, men. Very good. Very good. So, hey, how's your baseball season going? <sighs> well, uh, I don't want to start with a sigh. That I did, yeah, so I can't I'll, take that back. I'm right there with you then. Well, I'm really sighing because of what I did to myself. And, Jeff, you're a veteran. You know better. I should know better. I've been playing the game for 20 years. And I overloaded myself this season with too many fab leagues. It's been a big mistake. I've got mm-hmm. 19 fab leagues that's just way too much I'm, I'm spread across multiple formats cbs nfbc yahoo i'm all over the place so i feel very scattered and i feel like it's hurt me a little bit but as far as you know how i've looked at the season how i did my research in the off season i feel like i've not been terrible it's just i can't get it all to come together i've got one team that's got really good pitching and then i got another team's got really good hitting but doesn't have the pitching you know and my main event team on nfbc i've got terrible hitting but i've got decent pitching which has been a big bugaboo for a lot of people this year so i'm never out of it we're far from any type of 
Well, let's move on to football talk. Not doing that at all. But uh, right now, I'd say I'm not in first in any of those leagues. I have to admit that and be honest. I'm not at all right now, but it's about where you end up, folks. Not where you start. Exactly. Exactly right. I do have a team that I, I it's one spot away from literally saying it can't be worse. I am second to last right now in the main event in one of my three main event entries right now. Uh, I went one for 27 the other day and, you know, man. And I had like Garrett Cole get blown up. I'm like, really? Mm. Garrett Cole day is a bad day. I can't. I was like, I can't get worse. It can always get worse. Can is this the one you drafted worse. that day in Vegas? Uh, Cause yes. I, yeah. Okay. That's that one. Yeah. Cause I know you yeah. have two. I have one Vegas main event and two onlines. The okay. onlines are okay. Uh, not good, but okay. Uh, but the Vegas one, I thought I drafted a good team, Michael. I still think it's got a foundation that's okay, but the the universe is telling me otherwise right now, and that that's tough. I cannot take back what I did to start that main event that I drafted in Vegas at the Mirage that morning in March, and I drafted mm-hmm. Sandy and Manny at the turn. Sandy okay. Alcantara, we know the story there, and then Manny Machado, who I never draft. I am not a Manny Machado guy, but I... I could have had Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts hasn't been incredible, but at least he's been more available than Manny has. It's just, it was really, really disappointing to see those first two picks kind of be blah right now. I know we got a lot of time left, but I think that hurt me a little bit. Garrett Cole for me in the first round. Okay, fine. Austin Riley in the second round. I was psyched for Austin Riley in the second round. I was like, I hope he comes to me. Came to me. Uh, Here's where it really gets fun, though. Michael Harris in the third round, middle of the third round, and I wasn't even huge on him, but I wanted the steals. Like, okay, uh, you know, I don't want to get stuck having to draft Randy Rosarena. No, not Randy Rosarena. I mean, that would have been fun, too. No, I didn't want to get stuck drafting Adelise Garcia in the fifth. We can't have that. Because that, you know, that's fool's gold. I can't have that. No, I I got Michael Harris. I have Teoscar. I have Taylor Ward. I got him later than everybody else. What a bargain. Yay, we're all happy. Could be better. Playing. He's not even playing, Michael. He, he's and he's been usurped. Moniac. Yeah, he's been usurped by Moniac, which maybe stings a little bit more. Yeah, he, he's a Moniac, and he's right at my door. I mean, it's, it's killing me. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's it's awful. But all right, I've <sighs> lamented like every single podcast lately. So that's our check-in with the NFBC. Done with that. I, I agree with you on too many fab leagues, though. That is, it's and across multiple platforms, different times. You know, I have Tout Wars at 5 o'clock local, NFBC yeah. 7 o'clock, Labor at 9. Uh, I do an FSGA league that's at 8. I've got uh, Scarf, which is part of the Earth Leagues, uh, at 9 o'clock, also local. And then I've got the Rotowire Staff Keeper League, which is a midnight Pacific, or it's like 2 a.m. Pacific, actually, but I'm not staying up that late. But regardless, I, it's just spread out all over. The, so it's like there's no, like, you know, I, I wish it was all, like, one platform one time. Uh <sighs> But that'd that's be nice. It's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. That will never happen. And we're, you know, we're crazy for fantasy football, fantasy baseball. We love fantasy baseball. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that will ask you, especially someone like you who's been around. Hey, Jeff, you want to join our league? I'm sure you get a lot of invitations that you turn down. And I've got to get in the habit of saying no more going forward because yeah. I meet a lot of cool people. And I've, I've written about this at Groove Govier recently. It's great to meet all these awesome people. We make connections through this game itself. Exactly. But I got to protect myself. I got to set some boundaries going forward because I want to win. I, do, I still very much want to win. I'm a competitor. Exactly. Exactly right. And there's a lot, some I have to do, like for to represent Rotowire, do different formats so I can talk oh. about it. Uh, there's others I want to do. Like I, I'm, I, I joined, I had, like I added another home league 
because it was the parents of my kids' classmates at school. And now I'm really good friends with these guys. And it's yeah. my way of staying in touch with them. You know, because when you get kids, you start to make friends through your kids. And now they're, they're great folks. They're great friends of mine. And I don't want to lose that. So, okay, that's another league. And the same is true in football. And you do football as yeah. well. So you know about balancing that. July and August and September are going to just be just a cannonball run. It's going to be insane, especially late, late July, early August. I'm very motivated for it, though. Very excited about football this year. I got a lot of good ideas, and I'm ready to do the work now. But I'm also happy for the leagues I'm in in baseball, and I'm going to keep grinding. Mm -hmm. And also, this is my first year in Tout Wars. I couldn't say no when you guys asked me to join Tout Wars this year, so I'm grateful for that. I, I have to say, though, for those of you that don't know about Tout Wars, it's on a website called On Roto, and there's yeah. it's been a tough learning curve for me. It's been a it's a difficult website initially because I just wasn't used to the interface on it. It's a little more old school, and it's got a lot of different options. So that's also been another example where I'm like, okay, hey, uh, Greg Jewett, you're in my league. I know you beat me, but could you help me out? And he's been real cool. People have been cool about like showing me the ropes. You're in the there, head but to it head has been challenging. Too. Yeah, so that's yes, right. Yeah. Well, and the reason why we do on road on, I'm on the exec committee for Tout Wars, is that it's they can customize. We have some really unique specifications. Like for, uh, we have the swing, in many of the leagues, we have a swing man instead of a fourth out, a fifth outfielder. And you can either be a pitcher or any other, it's, a, it's either UT or a pitcher. Most sites can't accommodate that. We have a lot of other customization things. That, you know, other sites are probably caught up to a little bit. Um, and there's positives and negatives about that. So it is overwhelming. And I've heard you're not the first, first time tout I've heard that from that said it's, it's a learning curve for sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, hopefully I can become a seasoned pro there and everything will be fine. I mean, I'm three and four right now, so I'm in the hunt. I'm hanging around. I'm just still going to try to make the playoffs. Do you play a lot of head to head? Oh, I love. Yes. I grew up. I was born and raised, Jeff, all right. on Yahoo Head-to-Head Cats. That's where it all started for me. My home league is a Yahoo Head-to-Head Cats league to this day. I'm okay. always going to ride or die for head-to-head, -head. absolutely. Nice, nice. So I don't have a lot of background in head-to-head -head or points leagues, period. I've played a few of them here and there. I'm, I'm in Raz Slam. Um, that's a points league, but it's not head-to-head, -head, at least. Uh, but yep. I, you know, all the industry data suggests that it's head-to-head -head is the predominant format, even though it's not the original format. Um, it's not the one that most expert leagues play, uh, but that's why we're trying to expand that universe a little bit more. I think of the casual people who play it, people who love the game, they enjoy it. They want to compete with their friends. They want to go head to head. Yeah. They want to talk trash and get that fantasy football angle of it. So we'll, we'll always have a place here. And frankly, for me, I prefer cats over points, which just means that, you know, you win the category, you get right, one right. win. So I have less experience with points. I admit that freely. I'm more of a cats guy, but uh, I'm learning because... The Tout Wars had to head his points and chosen by the winner, which happens to be Frank Staffel of CBS, who chose the CBS scoring system, which I was not familiar with. So right. a lot of uh, against the grain here, but I'm, I'm coming for you, Frank. I'm coming for you. Home champion advantage uh, there. And you get to also kind of like you get the first nomination and all that. Yeah. So you get a little little thing. I think first pick in the reserves also. I think we, we allowed as well. So it's a little, you know, to the victors go the spoils. They're very tiny spoils, but they're spoils. As it should. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. We are talking about Mickey Moniak and we are also talking head to head leagues. We got a question in a head to head league from the Hart Foundation. TJ Friedel or Mickey Moniak, rest of season? Oh, wow. This is a good one because I love Cincinnati's home ballpark. I mean, yes. I want those, I want those hitters. Jeff, you're a Reds guy, so you know this is a great place to hit. But is Mickey Moniak breaking out? Will he even be more impressive by, say, August? I I have to think that what we're seeing from Moniac right now is really 
really heartwarming, frankly, because he was the number mm-hmm. one overall pick, and then he just really couldn't get it done. Right. But I think I might go Friedel here by a hair, even though he's like the only Reds hitter I don't have on any teams. I think right. I'm going to go Friedel by a hair. Friedel's tough, too, because, you know, the Reds have already called up McLean. They're probably going to call up Ellie De La Cruz and Christian Ancronasi on Strand at some point this year. Some of those infielders will have to become outfielders, which means playing time might become scarce. Nick Senzel is almost certainly going to go back to the outfield at some point in time, uh, which is just one less spot available there. Uh, Shocking. He's still healthy. Yeah, I know. I know, right? (laughs) Uh, Moniac's got one walk, 11 Ks so far, which is kind of, you know, he, he was striking out like he never did before, uh, before uh, you know, last year. He was 4-44 four and 44 last year in 112 plate appearances. So we know that's kind of his thing. He's hitting, you know, he's every ball he's putting in play, he's getting a base hit on, basically. Babbitt's 563. <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, it's a, he's too hot right now. We all agree he'll cool down. The question is, will he permanently be a part of this or will it be a platoon all season with him and Ward? Right, right exactly. Um, and I think it might be. Which I'm screwed on Ward with that, but so no, be it. I'm, everyone's against Ward now. Everyone's who was saying, "Oh, you picked Ward." I know our buddy Vlad. He said that he would be this year's Yelich, and I still believe that Ward will give a lot this season. It's not Vlad done is, for that's Ward. By which Yelich is the problem? You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's 2020 yeah, Yelich. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point. We got to clarify yeah. which Yelich it was, but no. I'm still believing that Ward will bring the best of what he still has to offer this season. So I'm actually pro ward but i also believe yeah there could be a platoon here that sticks more often than not could be annoying yeah uh i just i, I i'm a fond you know vlad uh, you know we we're talking about this year's yelich because yeah vlad called yelich before yelich broke out that's why you know we, we've always had a this year's yelich and he's been yeah. he's actually hit a couple of those too so he's been good at oh. that uh yeah, he's the man. colleague and my good friend uh he, your colleague over at ftn so uh we love vlad he's been on this podcast many 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 times and will be again um so yeah uh, tough times though. So yeah, I think I'm with you on that decision. I think I go that route as well. Um, good question there, guys. Um, let's talk us a little bit of news here. Uh, cause we got a lot going on. Um, you know, there's so many, uh, you know, it's, it, that's the drumbeat here. There's so many different things we can talk about, but, uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, Alec Manoa, another disaster start today against the Rays. I mean, mama, don't let your, your babies go up to pitch against the Rays. It's the first answer, but this is, it's every night. He just has no command or day as it is the case today. And when he seems to be pitching well, he gets hit by liners. It just just doesn't go right for him right now. And I have had a lot of questions about Manoa on the Palazzo Discord, and people just hit me up on Twitter. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine was desperate to find out, is Manoa going to be okay? (laughs) And I'm like, dude, it's really hard to tell because we've had people research this who say that he has failed to adjust to the pitch clock because he just doesn't feel the groove. People say he's out of shape, but he's always been a big pitcher, so that's just a ridiculous argument in my opinion. There's been velo issues here and there, command, control. What is it? Will he get better? And he also talked a big, big game against the Red Sox last year, and he was boasting about himself. Did, has he kind of crumbled under the weight of that mentally? These are all considerations with Manoa. And the bottom line is this. Toronto needs him if they're going to make the playoffs. They need him. And for your fantasy purposes, I say, Jeff, that you can't trade him because he's got to get better first. You never want to trade at the lowest point of value. The sure. question on the other side is, would you trade for him if you thought it was a buy low? Uh I'm really torn. It, it could go either way for me. I prefer not to get involved with Manoa if I could avoid it. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that one there. Um, I I don't think I would either. Um, in fact, I I have enough exposure to Manoa, so I don't really want any more. I think that's really <laughs> it. I mean, I got him in one of my main events. I think I have him in a couple other places. And yeah, I, I just what what do you do? You just can't do a little bit there. I mean, you can't buy lowest. Uh, and you can't. You know, I, I just don't think it's really. I mean, you can try to buy lowest. You can probably pull that off, but you can't sell lowest. That's the problem. It's like. Okay, Lance Lynn for Alec Minow. Who do you got? <laughs> uh, can I pass? Mm, you can. You could. You could no, pass. I won't, I won't pass. I'd actually rather have Lynn. I would. The funny thing, though, about Manoa's start today is yeah. he missed a lot of bats. He struck out six guys, even though he walked five and he yeah. got hit up. So there's things that both of those pitchers, I've actually told some people who hit me up in the Twitter DMs about Lance Lynn, like, is he done? I'm like, he's not done. Again, this is a pitcher I've never been in on, Jeff. I've I can't recall ever drafting Lance Lynn ever, really, because I just thought he was always overrated. But he does miss bats still, and so does Manoa. But the question is, can they harness themselves? And if the pitch clock is really a big issue for Manoa, that's not going to go away. So if that really is one of his problems, how long will it take him to adjust to that? What if he can't adjust this year? What if it takes a whole season? I I might go Lynn here by a hair, but I, I again, I'd rather not be involved in this one either. I don't want either one of well, these guys. And if the pitch clock is an issue and, and tying into conditioning, well, guess what? Lance Lynn's not a slender guy either. He's not a cardio guy. Yeah. And Lynn has had some breakdowns. Now, last week, he pitched very well. Two good starts, you know, and maybe he's coming around a little bit. I think opponent had something to do with that, too. Uh, so I think that's part of the problem there. But, uh, you know, I, I think I, yeah, I, I think I'd rather I think I'd rather Manoa. But it, it's, uh, it's again, I'm not feeling super strong about either either one of those. Um, I have Lance Lynn and Towers, and, and I feel like I'm kind of stuck with them there a little bit. Him and yeah. I get, to, I, you know, I've got Grace in there. Uh, just I'm not doing well in Towers either, by the way. Um, where am I? I had Julio Urias. So, yeah, that's yeah. Not been great in Towers. No, no, it has not. Uh, but it's kind of a bridge to another topic talking Dodgers here. Bobby Miller shoved against the Braves this week. Uh, Gavin Stone did not. He, he, got through five at least but uh walked a lot of guys has had two choppy starts he's gonna get another start this weekend this is like pitching for his spot in the rotation though basically Uh, what are you doing with these dodger young dodger pitchers very pro miller anti-stone i can make it very simple for you there that's how i feel the reasons i feel that way is that miller has a real nice collection of pitches he can already apply he has three pitches that he can confidently throw already and that's good news for a a brand new rookie pitcher, right? And he threw five different pitches in his mm-hmm. outing, but I feel he has confidence in three. So Stone is a guy that I think is going to be more inconsistent. He doesn't have the repertoire, and he doesn't seem to have uh, the factor that Bobby Miller has as a competitor. I mean, he was fired up. He was ready to go. We're talking on the road against Atlanta. I mean, that is a big stage, and Miller delivered. That tells me something about his gumption and his intensity. And, you know, negative side of that jeff is he, you know he hit 100 miles an hour a lot is he gonna throw too hard is he gonna throw out that arm gets right. too jacked up needs to control himself but for me i'm pro bobby miller i want to give a shout out to my guy christian crespo he's a really good analyst yeah uh, he's in our palazzo discord he's a good friend of mine and he i wish i'd started bobby miller i had bobby miller two leagues on tuesday i started him in one benched him in the other because i was a little nervous but christian said in our discord before that start bobby is a dog his pitches are outstanding everybody start him and he was right. So I'll pro Bobby Miller for sure in this one. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, you know, one of the things that Miller did is he throttled it down. You know, he, that first inning was dicey. 
Will Smith called fewer fastballs. And that was one of the things is like, you know, he's got this great hundred mile an hour fastball and did better by not throwing it as much. Uh, it was, a, it didn't have a whole lot of break to it. it. Although I think it picked up, you know, it picked up some movement as the start went on. So there's a, you know, definitely some optimism there. Uh, and boy, did the Dodgers need that start too, with all the injuries they've had in their rotation. You think about uh, Michael Groves working on a rehab too. Uh, he's getting close to returning. If Stone loses out to Grove, that's bad news. And then they've got other issues where the guys are going to be out to the all-star break on their rotation. And mm-hmm. Julio Arias, how long will he be out? So I think uh, I think it's definitely for me, it's Miller, then Stone. And I even think Stone could be slipped out where Grove comes back into play. Yep. And Pepio at some point in time might come back into the picture too. And don't All-star and, break? Yeah, something like that. It was 60-day IL with that the mega oblique. Uh, so uh, we'll watch to see about that. And then the other guy is Emmett Sheehan in double A, just kicking some butt. I know James Anderson just put up a new prospect rankings and Sheehan was his helium guy there. So that's another guy to pay attention to. Yeah, that's a guy uh, we'll probably talk about today on the Palazzo Power Half Hour for Prospects I do with Ben Chase. He's a real smart guy. And there's mm-hmm. been a lot of talk in the Discord about Sheehan. This is the guy, you got to get guy that will be the difference maker of all these guys is Sheehan. Now, I don't know if that's the truth or not. I'm just saying what I've been hearing. So what time does that podcast go? Oh, we all rock live on YouTube at 5 every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So yeah. coming up I got like five shows here. to do today. <laughs> yeah, you're, I'm glad I got a piece of you then. Uh, that's nice. Awesome. I figured get them all in before we go on vacation tomorrow. So I'm, I'm ready. Nice. Where are you guys going? Uh, we're going to head over to beautiful Ludington on the west side of the state of Michigan, right there. Eight blocks from Lake Michigan. Beautiful, oh, nice. beautiful little town there, seaside town, about halfway up the lower peninsula, right okay. on the water. Excellent, excellent. So I don't know if I told you, but I got family in Michigan. I my mom grew up in Detroit, actually. Yeah, you did tell uh, me that. Yeah, so I've been I spent a many a summer at the various lakes of Michigan. Not you know, sometimes on Lake Michigan, but also some you know upstate, you know, near Traverse City a lot, uh, sure, and all that. Uh, so yeah, been, Spider Lake I think is the one I spent a few uh, more than a few times at there. Uh, Spider Lake, fact, I don't know yeah. that one. And a little known fact: Michigan has more lakes than Minnesota. Land of ten thousand lakes. Um, thank you. Yes, that. Thank you, Jeff. It's about time someone said it. I've been looking for support on that. Also, yeah. as the dearly departed recently, Gordon Lightfoot said, uh, "Lake Michigan, its islands and bays are for sportsmen." I did. That's not what know he that. said. Uh-huh. He described all the Great Lakes in his very long epic song. Yes, <laughs> the, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. I love Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, rest in power, buddy. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, before we move on, got to take care of a little bit of business here. Um, we're going to talk to our, you know, give you some information from our friends from Rival Fantasy. A new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played. They brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, Daily Fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash signup and use code RotoWireMLB at signup and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. Also, we are brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. Here are their ads. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, thanks for your indulgence on that. As always, uh, we are happy to be on the Blue Wire Network. In fact, we're going to go do some, uh, we have a Vegas trip every year, Michael, uh, uh, every year during the All-Star break, and they have some studios in Vegas, so I'm looking forward to doing some live studio work there. Uh, Blue Wire has been a pretty good podcast host. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Is it at the Wynn? It is. It is. I don't, yeah. I Okay, I'd never been to the Wynn. When we were in Vegas back in March again, me and Leanne walked around on that Sunday after the drafts. And I'd never been in the wind, and I saw that studio. I know exactly what you're talking about. It was a really nice studio. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be super fun. Uh, and we're staying at Circa, and we love Circa. Uh, the sports book there is amazing. Uh, and they have the sports book pool. Unfortunately, there's no sports during the All Star break. That's the only negative about that. But uh, we we stayed there <laughs> last year for the RotoWire trip. We're staying there again this year too. So looking forward to that. Probably do some Veasan segments as well. I like Veasan a lot too. They're they're good to us. So anyhow, got a lot, lot of promotion to talk about there. Christopher Morrell, let's move on. Christopher Morrell's been awesome. He's he's good at baseball. It's only, you know, it, the powers of Sarah Sanchez got him up to the majors. Uh just we need she needed some support. They needed him up sooner. What took so long? <laughs> well, there's a couple stints by Nelson Velasquez that got in the way, which were fun, yeah. but yeah, you know, they don't last. Too. Yeah. yeah. He comes up and Sarah knows. Sarah loves Nelson. He just comes up and hits dongs. He just makes things happen. But yeah. Morell has transferred his outstanding AAA performance to the major leagues, and boy, I mean, there's just ride it, ride it. I did a quick show on Palazzo last Friday. Windy City Streakers, Jake Berger, Morell, both sides have hot hitters. Berger's cooled off a little bit, but both of the sides had great hitters that were really shining for their teams. And to me, season long, you're getting more cats out of Morell, but. I think that Berger could end up being a little more consistent if you just want to throw an example of a comp. But Morell, what he does is exciting. It's incredible. He's got a lot of energy, too. He plays with passion. Eventually, he'll cool down, just like Moniac will cool down. But for now, mm-hmm. ride it all day long. I might even sell high. I really might, depending on my needs. It's all about context, and I need to see a roster, but it's a possibility. I hear you on that. Uh, I heard a comp, uh, I think, the other day. I'm trying to remember... Uh... Uh, who said it, but, uh, uh, you know, it, it was, it was like, you know, he, he, it wasn't, uh, oh, I'm, I'm really bad at this. Uh, Gomez is the, <laughs> is the comp. Um, Carlos, Carlos Gomez. Thank you. Um, yeah. I remember Carlos. No. 
a lot of power, some speed, and a lot of strikeouts. And <laughs> I think that's that's what we're looking at here with uh, Morel. But that 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 by the way, that package really works sometimes. I mean, ask Adelise Garcia. I mean, that's been working out quite well for him. Uh, if you got the, if you spent that fifth round reach on Adelise Garcia, or even fourth round reach on him, hey, you're you're sitting pretty good right now. Yeah, it's all about league contest and the type of format you play. But in the end, it's incredible. But look at this, though. I just look at real quick, you know, 37.5% K rate. Small sample. Small sample for Morel so far. Mm-hmm. But that is enormous. So he's either just doing something or nothing right now. And as Scott Chu from Pitcherless or Hitterless, he doesn't like the pitching side. He's a hitter's guy. Right, right. He was he's saying on tout this year, by the way. First time tout. That's right. Yeah, we hung out in uh, New York the weekend before Vegas. That was a fun month. But Scott said, you should probably sell high on Morrell now. So I'll give him full credit for getting that kind of narrative going, I guess, because nobody can strike out this much and maintain top 100 value. It's something to think about going forward. So, you know, we talk about sell high, buy low all the time, even buy high sometimes. Uh, The mechanics of which I think are interesting. I think it's easier to say that, but these offers aren't just landing at our door either, though. How do you go about uh, selling high on Christopher Morrell? That's a great point. I think it depends on if you're in a more casual, easygoing league where people are kind of half in, half out. If you're in a competitive league, I think it's going to be hard to sell a guy high because a lot of people, especially what your reputation is in that league, yeah, that's something we don't think about, but or we don't talk about a lot. But it's a big factor. I've I've won my home league three times the last five years, and it seems like it's harder and harder and harder for me to trade because people are so weary that like I know something they don't know, which is not true. I re- I could only know as much as anybody else knows, but it makes it more difficult to make a move like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't want to, uh, you're the industry guy. I don't want to fall for that <laughs> buy low, sell high. I've actually had that statement given to me before. Um, it's starting that, to happen to me. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But it's, it's great because they all, and the thing is you're going to find too, is your home league. They're going to up their game. They're, they're, they're going to start work. They're, they're going to, they don't want, no one likes to lose. You know, they all want to, oh. you know, improve. Uh, you're going to have to work harder. And you know, it, it this is a, you know, Peter Kreutzer, one of the founders of uh, Tau Wars, one of the exec board members, and one of the OG fantasy players. He's been providing fantasy information even you know, well before me, uh, and I've been doing it since 1997. He's been doing it before me even, and he he described he and his partner Alex Patton described the third circle here of uh, you know, and that's the, the 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 third circle hell is where you get for one you have like a, you know first circle you have like basic first stage I should say not circle. First stage is like, okay, you have an advantage on player evaluation. Second stage, you have an advantage on game theory. Third stage, everybody has that. Where's your edge trying to find that? And he could, I'm not really doing it justice to describe it that way. But the thing is, you're going to get there. Every home league gets there. The more you get, the the longer you go on, the more competitive it is. Uh, And if you get someone that's consistently winning, they're going to want to beat you. Um, It's a plateau, right? Eventually, you're going to get there. Exactly. Um, I get that all the time. And I, I like the league. I used to be like the, you know, the villain, I guess, or the heavy. I'm not as much anymore. There's, I, I haven't won it in years. Um, and it's, it's my original league. And I used, used to do very well in that league. And I still do. Okay. I finished second in it last year on the last day. Not on, not that I'm bitter at a rich Bateman or anything like that. Good job, rich. <laughs> no. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a hard league. Everybody you and everyone was good proud. to begin with, but they got better. And, you know, they all read. You should be proud of that. Yeah, of course I am. Of course. Yeah, it's a great league. 
Hell yeah. yeah, I completely agree with that. There's another Mike in that home league I'm in, and now they all call me Industry Mike, and he's Civilian Mike. So yeah, that's how <laughs> that's how it goes now. Shout out BYB, you guys are the best. So uh, exactly, exactly. Let's talk Minnesota Twins. Uh, lots of interesting stuff going on with them. Uh, they're they're winning the Central right now, but not by a mile. Uh, they've had a ton of injuries, and they have the best starting pitching staff I've seen them have in a really long time. I've seen some uh, questions in the chat about Louis Varlin, for instance, who. Their seventh starter, basically, he's pretty darn good. I love Varlin. I've got him in Tout Wars, by the way. I picked him up a few weeks okay. ago. And, you know, in Tout Wars, you, that's one of the unique things about on Roto. You have to start a guy that you pick up, that at least for week. the first. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I picked up him and Bailey Ober simultaneously. And that was right when Ober got sent back down before he came back. And I was like, oh, no. But it all worked out in the end because both of them have been pitching for the Twins. And I love Louis Varlin's breaker. It's a nasty, filthy pitch. I think it's really, really beneficial to his game. And the more that he can harness his pitch mix and pitch like a pro as he learns the art of pitching, I'm very, very much all in on Varlin. I think the Twins have a lot of talent, and they should win that division regardless of how many injuries are piling up. I mean, somebody gets hurt. Carlos Correa's got the plantar fasciitis brewing here now. Royce Lewis is on the back burner. He's going to come up soon, and he's looking really good again. I just hope that Royce Lewis does not get hurt again because I want to see him thrive at the major league level. Yeah, me too. Me too. I actually speculatively picked up Royce Lewis and uh, Yahoo Friends and Family League I'm doing. Uh, it's a daily moves league too, so you can pick up guys whenever. First come, first serve nice. and all that. You know, limited number of moves, uh, but – I'm like, I'm going to get on that before he gets the call. So I've got him and I've got Ellie just waiting. Uh, I'm doing the stash game. It's not really always profitable, but it's fun. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to go that route a little bit there. But going well back, yeah, going back to the twins, though, yeah, Louis Varland. So say if you got a choice of whether or not to start him or, you know, I, I think I saw this in the forum. Like, basically, you got a, a chance, uh, Bybee or Varland, maybe, or, or even Steele or Hunter Brown. Varland gets Toronto next. Is that a start for you? Um, or are you just going to kind of uh, go elsewhere? I think that is a start. Yeah. Okay. Toronto's good. Toronto's got offensive firepower, but Varlin could miss bats. And if he keeps that offense off balance for five innings, I think he could throw a solid line. I don't think he's going to dominate, but I think he could give you a serviceable start. He might fall short of a six innings, too. That's one of the things with Varlin that I'd like right. to see more of is for him to get the quality start uh, to get the six innings and keep that under that category, but uh, I would. Yeah, I'm, I'm not afraid. Let's do it. Let's go with Louie. Let's ride or die. But I do think, uh, boy, Hunter Brown is very, very, very enticing. I, would I rather have him over Varlin? Maybe. And again, it would depend on the type of context. Yeah, I hear you on that one there. Um, by the way, I, I, I forgot to uh, neglect to mention, Govier's, uh, uh, Grooving with Govier is every Tuesday on FTN and FTN Fantasy. And you wrote about Christopher Morrell, who we talked about just a little bit ago. I'm going to post the link to Michael's article here. Guys, check it out. It's free every Tuesday on the site. Free! Can't beat that! It's a lot of fun! If you have yeah. a few laughs, I'll make some pop culture references. Yay! There you go. Good stuff there. There's a little Lionel Richie this week, so there you got that. Little Drake. <laughs> I mean, hey, can't complain. Can't complain <laughs> that at all. That was about El Jose Caballero. Yeah. Uh, yes. There's a bit, you know, Colton Wong has been so bad. It's so, oh my God. so, I mean, fell off the face of the earth here. Now Jose Caballero shows up. He's a 26-year-old rookie. He looks like a lot of fun. He's making plays. They're desperate for offense. And then you got Dylan Moore coming back now. So how is that all going to play out? That's kind of what I was writing about in there. Colton Wong's part of the 0-0 club. Zero homers and zero stolen bases. And, uh, <laughs> you know, 
That's hard to do this this deep into the season here. I knew really he'd fall, out, fall off, but man, he's he's hit rock bottom. It's really bad. I thought he was a guy who had a he had a decent batter's eye. Like even when he struggled, he was okay at getting walks, right? Yeah. And that is just it doesn't matter now. It's just so bad he's unplayable. I agree. I agree. Uh so I'm uh yeah, I'm I'm and, and Caballero's like not really, you know, high high level prospect. He got traded in 2019 from the Diamondbacks, just kind of it's his turn at the wheel. I don't think he's going to do a whole lot, but you know, good exactly. for him for getting a chance, right? There's a difference between him and a guy like Brent Rooker. Brent Rooker came up, and it's like, whoa, look what Brent Rooker's doing. He had a higher prospect pedigree, a former Twins prospect, by the yep. way. Yes. And what the changes Brent Rooker have made are real. They're, they are legitimate changes. He's sold out for power more. The shift is gone. He's pulling the ball more. And I was initially like, oh, Rooker will fade. But once I looked at the numbers more, it's like, well, actually, I think Rooker's going to be around all season and doing something good. So that's a big difference between him and a guy like Caballero, who I think will get the most out of his passion and desperate desperation to really stay on the roster. But I just don't think it'll last. I agree. I agree with you on that one there. Uh, you wrote also wrote about Tyler Glass now, who people have been asking about in the chat as well. He comes back this weekend. You start him on his first start. Do you wait and see? What do you do with uh, Tyler Glass now? Uh, hell no. I, yeah, I would be sitting this one out to get the Dodgers, too. And yep. Rays Dodgers could be a World Series preview, World Series rematch from a couple of years ago. I would rather wait and see on that one, especially when it comes to pitchers who are coming back. Like I said, Bobby Miller, I started him in one league, I benched him in another. I was a little concerned. I think, see, if Glassdoor does well, you can be like, okay, well, great. He looked good. Now I could start him with full confidence next week. Yeah. So my, my, my problem, and it's problem, that said AL Home League, it's an old school AL only four by four. But grandfathered with the Brewers in. Uh, but you know, <laughs> we we are our, our week goes Friday to Thursday. We have Thursday night fab. Uh, so I, if I I might miss two starts from Glass now if I don't start them. That's that's my hesitation. You got to double double check on that. In fact, just to see uh, you know you know what what happens there. But I I don't really want to miss two starts from him. That's a different story. See now you're talking a specific league context. That yes, I would. That's a whole nother story. I would I would start him there. I would. Yeah. It's at Boston for the second start. Actually, you know what though? You know what, Michael? I, I'm I, they have enough they have an off day on Thursday next week. So I think I only missed one start. So now I'm, hey! I'm back on I'm, I'm back to thinking about resting him. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, check up. that schedule. Have those probables. I mean, if you're not looking at your pitching probables for a week out every day, you're behind, folks. You got to be doing that every day. That's just something yep. you got to focus on, especially this year. Am I crazy, Jeff? Or does it seem like maybe there's no way to really quantify this right now? But boy, it seems like there's more TBDs and uh, uh. missing spots and rotations across baseball this year. I'm like, well, who's starting this guy? Is this guy starting this week? Is he starting then? It seems like it's a little bit more chaotic this year. Just ask the St. Louis Cardinals and the roller coaster ride we've been on with Matthew Liebertor. Uh. And just reading the, the, the tea leaves and the comments from Ollie Marmel, who just needs to be fired into the sun. I, I just, yeah, I, I it's really fired somewhere at least. But did you go for Liebertor? The I, have him in, I have him. Um, I have him in one spot. I, what? It's not a main event team. It's. I think it's. I think it's yogurt. Maybe I got him. Yeah, I think it is yogurt where I got him. Or either the online championship, one of the two. Uh, see, also too many fab leaks. Don't even remember where I picked him up. <laughs> you know, uh, I went all of McLean. I I spent everything on McLean instead of Liberator, and I feel great about out it. Pretty well. Uh, oh. I just think it's a natural fit. The guy knows how to hit. He's in a great ballpark to hit. The summer's coming. He's in a two spot in the lineup. It's just yes, money, sir. money, money. 
Yeah. You know, funny thing is, the, the most impressive at-bat, he struck out. He had a 13-pitch at-bat against Jordan Montgomery uh, the other day. Trent Rosecrans on The Athletic uh, had a pretty good breakdown of it. Interviewed That's McLean, right. interviewed the catcher, interviewed Montgomery. Uh, Joey Votto chimed in a little bit there. It's, a, it's a, If you get The Athletic, it's it's a really good feature. Uh, and anything Trent writes is awesome, too, by the way. I used so, to read Trent in newspapers when I lived in Cincinnati at 04. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trent's awesome. That's right. He started in Cincinnati, went to CBS. He was, you know, I think then he made his way back to covering the Reds in the athletic and he, he's excellent, really good stuff for, uh, from him. So check it out if you can, but uh, I'm, I'm with you on McLean. I do have a little bit of McLean in my life too. Um, he, he's, he's fun. Uh, McLean though, or Royce Lewis rest of season. Who do you got? I'm going to go McLean. And okay. I think he's my new my new lover. I, I'm in love with McLean. I spent the biggest fab bucks I've ever spent, really. I spent 152 in the main event to get him. And I got him in... Oh, it's, oh, you're right. There were bigger bids. I lucked out. But that, for me, I'm never the guy who really blows the bank on fab on a single player. That's a big bid for a guy like me. And I got him in four other leagues on NFBC across the board at varying prices. But I, McLean, I love Royce Lewis. He was my... He was my crush, and I got really hurt. I have to admit, I'm a little, little gun shy after the injuries last year. Mm -hmm. There's so much injury history with Royce Lewis; it makes me upset. Oh, Anthony says I love MJ Gove. Yeah, he's the best ever. Well, it's not true, but I do appreciate the love, Anthony. Uh, yep. I gotta say, it's probably McLean for me, but maybe that's recency bias. I admit that. I admit that. Hey, two homers this week. Can't complain too much. That's for sure. I love it. Uh, love the love the spot in the order with you. I I, I agree. Um, I'm wondering what the Reds do once. They deem Ellie to be ready and who plays short, who plays third and all that. But that well, doesn't really, you, you know, you're just going to get an extra position is what you're going to get. If he do, they do move him. You pay attention to the red. So how do you view that? They bring McLean up first. Is it just a technicality? Was it about super two status? Was it something else deeper than that? Or just that he was more ready than Ellie was. I think he was ready first. Um, and you know, honestly, they've got Noelve Marte at double a banging down the door too. I mean, they, they just, they're coming. And then Edwin Arroyo, they got in the uh, the yeah. Brandon Gurry trade, too. They, they, they've got shortstops coming out of their ears. They've got a third-base prospect named Cam Collier, who they spent a first-round pick on. Uh, they got oh, yeah. Encarnacion Strand. I mean, it's just team fun right now. Sounds like they should trade for some pitching. Just saying. I, I like, though, the whole let's build our foundation first. Yeah. And then we'll we'll add the pitching on top. And they already have green. Lodolo's hurt, obviously. Ashcraft is turning back into a pumpkin, um, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really, I wish we'd had, uh, you know, wish that was for real, but it's not looking like it's for real. Yeah, I kind of see the Reds right now as maybe like the Astros in 2014-ish, 13-ish. You know, where they're starting to collect a lot of homegrown talent, and they are the next hot, young, exciting team in Major League Baseball, and they have my attention, and they are a lot of fun. Yeah. Now the question is, what happens when they're ready? Do they add on top? Do they? The Astros added on top. They went Justin Verlander. Okay, let's play. Um, are the Reds going to do that? I I don't have a whole lot of faith and, and trust and hope. Well, yeah, yeah. you got some ownership issues there. Where like yeah. once upon a time the Reds did spend, but now there's you know was it the Sun now who's like everybody they, hates him? Yeah, it's they sort of kind of spent, and then ah, we tried that for about six months, and then COVID hit, and we don't <laughs> like this anymore. No. Yeah. Yeah, they also have Andrew Abbott, as was pointed out by the Hart Foundation. I mean, they they have guys. They have, you know, we'll see. They used to have Kyle Body in the system, you know, the driveline guy, and I think he did good work with some of these pitching prospects. So they don't. And have Ben him Lively anymore. came up recently. Yeah. He looked all right. So, so are you buying like Ben Lively yesterday, or yeah, I think it was yesterday. Um, Weaver today for crying out loud pitched well. 
I, I don't have any That's, faith in hoping those guys, but I could be wrong. I mean, I could be wrong on Williamson or Lively or Weaver, but I'm I'm pessimistic about all three. Yeah, Weaver, yeah, no way. I mean, I, I it would take a month straight of Weaver really looking good for me to consider that. And I don't want to miss out on opportunity and production, but boy, he's got a long way to go before he has my trust again. But with Lively, what he did last Friday against the Yankees, that outstanding start at home, yeah. really impressed me. Really impressive, but... You know, was it fool's gold, like you said earlier? I, I'm a little suspect of that. I'm open to possibly considering Lively and, you know, 15-teamers and deeper, but that's probably the extent of it right now. I, I'm still in a wait-and-see mode here. Yeah, I am too. Uh, yeah, I, I, I am definitely uh, wait-and-see mode as far as that goes. Uh, I want to talk – I think what, – what's the one – I had one other point on our outline. Oh, so back to the Twins. Carlos Correa, this doesn't look good at all. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think we've seen a roster move. They're off today. So we'll find out before tomorrow's game. Uh, if they, he's going on the aisle, I think he's IL bound though. Plantar fasciitis. I mean, that always yep. takes a long time to recover from. Yeah. If the twins have playoff aspirations and they very much do, he absolutely has to go on the IL. You know, you get a lot of experience with this over the years, Jeff, you can understand this as well as anybody when Manny Machado, had a small, but he had a fracture in his hand, and they were waiting it out, saying, well, we'll see how he feels in a few days. I'm like, hey, he's going on the IL, folks. It's a yes, hand it fracture. Is. I don't care how small it is. You can see these things coming ahead of time. So, absolutely. That's how you get advantage, too, because with Jorge Polanco, when his hammy was hurt recently, a couple days, they tried to wait it out, see if he could play through it, and he's got knee injuries in the past. You just make an assumption, you know what? He's probably going on the IL. I'm going to go pick up Julian right now, and that's what I did, and it worked out. Yeah, homer this week. Uh, mm -hmm. Despite the shenanigans uh, on Monday when they had uh, Manaya oh, yeah. the, like the secondary pitcher, so they had they pulled both Kirilov and Julian after one inning. They were opener hitters. Uh, just wasted two roster spots. That was weird. That was unusual. Well, didn't work either. So, haha. Glad it didn't work. Screw you for messing around with my good young players. <laughs> I don't like seeing yeah, that. But Correa, yeah, but Correa, yeah, Correa's going to the IL, and I think you guys, anybody rostering him should be making adjustments to do so now. So are they going to call up Royce Lewis for that, do you think? Uh, I really uh, think that's the case. I I, I don't know the exact him, date. The case maybe. Yeah, because yeah, he was going to do 20 days. I think he was going to try to do the max on the rehab assignment and then come up, but I expect him to be here pretty quickly. It's possible this is the move that makes that happen. It, it could be, because I think yeah. he's eligible... I'll have to double check. I don't have it in front of me. I thought it was like May 29th, but I'd have to double check. Yeah, 60-day IL for him. So it's not like he's in the minors right now. He's actually on the Major League roster. Just Yeah, and that's the point. It, because it's 60 days, I mean, that's a hard, fast thing. So you're right. You can, they can't kind of call him up sooner than that. So maybe yeah. it'll be another week. We'll see how long. If 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 Correa's out a month, we're going to see Lewis. If Correa's out the minimum oh, yeah. of 15 days, we may not. Uh, Kyle Farmer has been playing a ton anyhow. He's going to keep playing a ton. Willie Castro is getting a lot of playing time right now. Stole <laughs> third and home the other day. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. But, Former uh, Tiger. I, that's yes. baffling. It's uh, good for him. So, yeah. You're a Tigers guy, right? Well, yeah. I mean, yes. Yes. Yeah. So yes. there's some signs of hope. This team, I mean, it's it's not a oh, good it's offense, a but it's playing better than it was before. It's more than, he, more than he ever could ask for. I mean, their offensive players are horrendous. And A.J. Hinch... I really think he should be in the running for manager of the year. That's how amazing it is what they're doing. They should be as bad as Oakland, but mm -hmm. they've got Chris Fetter, the pitching coach. I'm telling you, this guy is a really good coach. He should probably be a manager in MLB soon. Chris Fetter. He's got okay. so much out of this pitching staff this year. He's Eduardo Rodriguez last year. He was AWOL for five weeks. Nobody heard from him this year. 
two ERA. I mean, that's not going to last, but he's getting a lot out of him. He's getting a lot out of the pitchers, and that's been a key to keep Detroit as, you know, like a team that's five games under. It's better with Fetter, basically, is what you're trying to say there. <laughs> there it right. is. I, I'm yeah. telling you, if those if there was more buzz about the Tigers as like a fun team here, there would be shirts that say that. But we also have something called uh, Better Made Chips. You remember Better Made Chips? Local Detroit chips. They're called better made chips. So there's there are shirts that say fetter made around here. Okay. So. I, I like that yeah. too. I like that. That works. Riley Green starting to work. Spencer Torkelson actually had a good week last week and he's kind of creeping <laughs> into relevance a little bit. Uh I mean, I still, you know, how many times do we see this? You know, we saw it with Jared Kelnick this year. We've seen it with Josh Lowe. We've seen it, you know, we could see it with these two tigers, young t- tiger hitters, post type sleepers. I <laughs> just like how you said. Torkelson actually had a good week. Oh, that's yeah, because very he had accurate. such a rough start to the year. But, no, it's yeah, accurate. He's, yeah. he's a good yeah. defender over at first base, by the way, too. He, he's, he's good at picking the ball. I have noticed that. I've seen my share of Tigers games. Um, listen to the dynamic, dulcet tones of Kirk Gibson. Um, and, you know, I, I, I you know, you got to admire him for overcoming Parkinson's while broadcasting. Oh, hell yeah. That. I mean, it's so amazing that he's able to do that. Uh, Tiger games are not really an adrenaline rush, though. They're not. No, they're not. I honestly, you want to know a real truth? I, I maybe have watched the Tigers in real time, maybe three times this year. I'm just going to yeah. be honest. I've, I, I keep up on the stats and I've watched highlights, but actually sit down and watch a Tigers game. That's a real chore. And I'm just going to come clean about it and be honest. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, like, they used to play a lot of day games, um, and especially April and May, and you know yeah. be, there wouldn't be a whole lot of competition. But now everybody plays day games on Wednesday, so you don't you're not stuck watching the one game going on. Uh, with yeah. this this new balanced schedule, um, that that's requiring these three game series, and that means a lot of tra- Wednesday is a travel day for a lot of teams. I love it. I've been loving it. I'm so glad this schedule exists now. We got series we weren't seeing as often. I'm so happy, especially coming from one of the more boring divisions in baseball, the AL Central. So glad to get out of there and get some more action. Yeah. I mean, I am not dissing the Tigers, by the way, guys. Uh, No, no. no, In fact, the Tiger. my mom grew up in Detroit. Like I said, I rooted for the Tigers back when Sparky Anderson was the manager and Gibson was a player and Alan Trammell and Lou Whitaker were bosses. Absolutely. Oh my! Yeah, the I Rays are getting compared to that team. Eighty-four yeah. team started out thirty-five and five. Rays didn't quite do that, but they've been really, really good. I saw them live uh, in one game during that stretch. My family grew up in Indianapolis, and we took a, tr- a train trip to Chicago for spring break, and we saw Tom Seaver's first ever White Sox start uh, against said uh. Tigers. Uh, it, it, the Tigers went off on a massive run to start the season. Tigers won that game. Old Comiskey, by the way, not New Comiskey <laughs> or whatever it's yeah. called now. Uh, you know. Serious loan yeah. field or whatever it's called, but uh, <laughs> yeah, guaranteed yeah. rate, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. it was old, it was old Comiskey and it was cold as hell. Um, it was <laughs> such a cold game. I remember that. There the certainly Tigers was a pole cold. in the way, right? There's yeah, there was some definitely an overhang. I mean, Tiger Stadium, Old Comiskey, both had that action going on there. A lot of that, but yep. yeah. Um, Dan Petrie, uh, Jack Morris, those were some good teams. Yeah, those yeah. guys are broadcasters on Detroit now. On occasion on the radio, Dan Petrie is uh, Jack Morris. I guess people didn't like him. He's kind of screwed up last year, and he was like, "Go, oh, he's a yeah, he's kind of a curmudgeon. He always was, but hey, you know, yeah, yeah, I'll do all the ripping on the Tigers here, Jeff. Don't you worry about. It. Let me take all the blame <laughs> for the ripping on the Tigers. Here, so. Okay, all right, fine, very good though. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's some recent hope. They just they had so much bad luck with the young pitchers. But you know, comp- contrast like the Astros, the Cubs, when they tore it down to the studs and built it back up. What the Reds are kind of doing now, the Tigers tried to build around all these young pitchers. They all, Mize, Manning, uh, Scooble, and they all got hurt. 
Um, Alex Fiedo never developed really the way they hoped. I think he got hurt at one point too. Uh, but yeah, the point, they used all that draft capital on all those young pitchers, and it's a rough way to go. It's risky. We all know this. When you're playing Dynasty Baseball, you know, I always prefer to trade for hitters. I got to have pitchers, obviously, but I'd rather have pitchers that are ready to go, who've shown me they can do something. There's always a pitcher that you're tantalized by because, let's be honest, Mm -hmm. I mean, the home runs are awesome. To see rookies crank dongs is very exciting, but I got to say, somebody who comes up like like Steven Strasburg did when he first came up and debuted and had that, even Bryce Miller this year, his debut this year, throwing nasty stuff. That is really exciting to see somebody with a wipeout slider who can dominate hitters. That's fun. It's fun to see that. But the production and safer edge for me in Dynasty Baseball, hitters, hitters, hitters. I'm always going to try to trade for more hitters. And then, you, you know, you build that foundation and then you add the pitchers on top once you're ready. That's always, the, that's, that's, I think it's the most repeatable formula. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially depending on how your dynasty league or your your keeper league handles it. Like I'm in the XFL, which we do the uh, auction every year at the First Pitch Arizona, and then there, you know, in the fall league, um, we do the auction part of that every year there live, and then we have a March supplemental draft. But we have a rule there: if you draft them as minor leaguers, their salary goes up plus three every year. If you you know bought them in the auction or you picked them up as a free agent, it's plus five every year. So you you get those plus three hitters all the time. It's massive. You know, people yeah, are going to have, edge. you know, I, I've got Vlad, I've got uh, Soto there plus three every year. I'm going to have them for the extent of their careers, unless I'm uh, doing some sort of sell off, in which case they have a lot of value. I added a plus three Harper when I was ready to try to compete, you know, it, oh. it's and it's an OBP league. Uh, so, you know, nice. Harper and, and Soto are massive in that league. But the point is, like, you know, you know, you're going to get those hitters for the most part year after year. Yes, Harper had TGS and I still held on to him through that there. A pitcher gets TGS. That's usually the end of the run. Strasburg, yeah, it was fun watching him, but he shut him down his rookie year. You know, he had ups and downs, and now he's done basically. I and mean, that's why you build around the hitters. Yeah, I extended Harper and a, a team I took over my second on Roto League ever, by the way, which okay. both happened this year. And I couldn't, I, I couldn't just let Harper walk, even though I knew he had the Tommy John. I'm like, I got to pay this price, and he came back early. And it also is an OPS. It's not straight OBP, but OBP is a part of it. So yeah, I'm with you all the way there. That makes a lot of sense. It does. Yeah. So uh, and know your league rules is the other thing when you're trying to build build around that there too. Knowing know that your role and shut your mouth and know your league rules. That's what yes. the Rock said, right? Something like that. Yes, exactly. He's a big <laughs> fantasy player. Uh, just he doesn't yeah. know it yet. But uh, exactly. Uh, Michael, I know you've got another podcast coming up soon. We're going to rest those lungs, rest those vocal cords a little bit there. Really appreciate right. you coming on board. So fun talking baseball with you, dude. Yeah, this is a blast, man. Thanks so much. All you guys, check out Palazzo Podcast, 2Ls, 2Zs. Got two shows tonight. If you want to come by, it's check out The Real Thing. And if you can't be there on the live stream on YouTube, we're always available on your standard podcast platform. And Groove with Govier every Tuesday, ftnfantasy.com. You can read this week's article right now if you want to head over to FTN Fantasy and see what I wrote about. I give you, I give a couple, like, deeper thought segments, and then I do a screenshot segment where I'll talk about 10 different players, updates about injuries, players who are on the rise, on the fall, etc. And I just posted the YouTube link uh, in the chat here. If you are streaming live with us, you can check that out. When I post the podcast, I'll, I'll also post the link there. So, guys, make sure you give them a listen, give them a view, uh, if you will, and give them a read on Tuesdays as well. Michael, always a pleasure. Be well, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Jeff. You bet. Michael Paul, uh, Michael Govier, everybody. Uh, check him out. Uh, and check him, MJ Govier, on Twitter as well. Coming up tomorrow, two start starters, Todd Zola, Clay Link. Give it a listen. Thanks for listening to Rotowire. Take care. 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.